Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Big Sky Breakdown. Haven't done one of these in a little bit. We've been uh, doing all sorts of different styles of Big Sky Breakdowns. We give you a lot of basketball post-game audio, but there's been not real time to do analysis-based podcasts on hoops because you've had games pretty much every freaking night with the fact that the uh, reschedulings and all of the different things that have been going on around the Big Sky Conference. So we're going to talk some football today, though, because as we record this, spring ball started yesterday at the University of Montana. Montana State doesn't start for a little while. They don't start till after spring break. Break. So uh, but we're going to talk about both the Grizz and the Cats, but we'll start with the Grizz. Ty Gregorak joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown, one of our weekly contributors here on the podcast, and you can also find him on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, uh, as well as SWX Montana Television. And so some of you are listening to that like this right now as we are in Boise the week after the Grizz have started spring ball, but the dates and all the times, none of that is relevant. Coach Ty, first of all, thanks for being with us, man. How you been? I'm doing great, Coulter. How are you? Life is good, man. Good, good. Well, let's talk about the Grizz because... Coming out of the 2020 season, a lot to be proud of if you're Montana. I thought they had one of the best defensive efforts that they've had in quite some time. They look like a throwback Grizz defense of old. They had outstanding players on that side of the ball. And on offense, they had some bright spots, but the basically defining factors of their season offensively were the inconsistencies partially spurred on by injuries at quarterback and the inconsistencies in the run game partially spurred on by their inconsistencies and massive amount of injuries at running back. So first and foremost, Ty, they brought in a bunch of guys, whether it was transfers or high school kids, when you look at the Grizz roster. But what do you, what do you think in terms of the offseason was the biggest thing that they needed to address, both personnel-wise but also just mentality-wise? Well, they, they had another – Great run. I mean, there's a lot of teams that would be, you know, ecstatic about making uh, the quarterfinals. Um, I think, you know, when we start talking about both these schools, the million dollar question is going to be quarterback, you know, and the way it's shaping up right now, it, it has the potential to be a all mountain West uh, Montana in Montana state quarterback uh university but that being said you know we've, we've still got there's some guys in the program that uh, have had some playing time and um you know chris brown's going to have a, a, a nice opportunity to compete with the fellow that they're bringing in from san diego state i think defensively they you know they return essentially their best players i mean their best dudes are coming back off of as you said most of the year an elite defense um so i think you know knowing knowing coach hauk um you know when did the grizz struggle the most and, and and you kind of touched on it it's when they were beat to heck I and mean, they, they were just when, when when they when they weren't able to fire on all cylinders health-wise you know they just weren't the same team which goes you know that, that that's that, that's true with every football team but um i know that coach Hawk probably um and, and, and Dan Ryan and strength coach and, and all the coaches, you know, play a huge part in developing the roster in the off season. And that, you know, that starts with, you know, the winter, winter conditioning and the, the competitive stuff that coach Hawk loves to do on the mats and just getting those guys out there and competing. And then he wants to see who will fight and who's just dog tired, but will continue to, to give it everything they got there in those in, in morning workouts are hard culture. I mean, they, they, I mean, if you ask 99% of college football players would tell you the one thing they probably dislike the most would, would either be a winter condo or b spring football. 
I mean, that's just, that's just a fact. And so we're in the, we're in the meat of those two things right now. Obviously they just completed winter conditioning where they're trying to get guys bigger, faster, stronger, and healthy off of, you know, the goal of that football team is to make long playoff runs slash a championship run into January. And so um, you want to be as well conditioned of a football team as possible. And coach how traditionally historically has always done that and will always continue to do that and then the other side is of that development piece is the stuff they're doing off the field the amount of time that kids can now come in and, and get some extra film study and, and work with their coaches and you know watch watch games and cut-ups and 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 they can really you know do a self-scout on themselves as both players and coaches a huge part of college football what did we do well what did we do poor what can we improve on and obviously they're going to try to improve on everything they've got a, a really nice thing going on both sides of fo- football all three phases i know they lost their punter uh, to nebraska which would be a big thing because he did a you know he was probably one of the more underrated players on the on the on the football field for the grizzlies because Man, when you got a guy, you know, you and I talked about it a few months ago when you had a guy like Jared Padmos who just kind of went under the radar and just, you know, he he could always, most of the time, flip the field for you as a defense. That's huge. So, I mean, there's there's some questions to be answered. There's some holes to fill, like every offseason. I, I know they've addressed it. Uh, the mighty transfer portal, you know, the portal uh, continues to rear its head. We just saw it yesterday in the uh, Bozeman I'm assuming we'll get to that one here soon but I expect the Grizzlies you know once they kind of figure out their quarterback situation and fill a couple holes from some dudes that they love and losing uh losing Jace uh that you know their linebacker is a big loss he's a fantastic football player but I know they returned some you know Patrick O'Connell and the well-known kid and obviously Robbie's a a wily old veteran back there so I, I expect great things from the Grizzlies this year I really do. You worked for Bobby Houck for a long time. You also uh, were recruited by him, played under him, all that. But then you also worked for a couple other head coaches during your time as a Big Sky Conference assistant coach and defensive coordinator. Coach Houck, it seems like the legend of his winter conditioning far exceeds even other programs. It's never easy anywhere, but it seems like maybe the, the, the nightmarish memories linger among former players that played for Coach Houck more than anybody else. Is it really that much harder? There are certain elements of it that probably are. I don't know how you know everyone in the in the country runs their program. Um, I did work for Coach Houck a long time. It was a very similar model uh, as both a player at Colorado and then when I GA'd for that group at Washington. He probably took it to maybe a different level in terms of some of the com- the, the combat type situations he put the guys in. I mean, that literally they will go through an hour workout be exhausted from, from jumping, running, you know, doing all the different stuff they're doing. And then at the end, you know, he'll bring two guys onto the mat and just watch them compete. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a te- I mean, listen, why do you do it at 5.30, 6 a.m.? Because it's hard, right? You don't have to do it then. You could do it at 3 or 4 in the afternoon. And, you know, you put in a $7.2 million uh, indoor complex, you can do it anytime you want. You can start having midnight madness for a winter condo like Mike Leach used to do, you know? So, um, now it's just, it, it's, a, it's a very tough competitive atmosphere on those morning workouts for Coach Hawk. That's all I'll say. The other thing that was a piece of news coming out of the Grizz, besides the addition of several transfers, including Lucas Johnson, the quarterback from San Diego State, who you mentioned, was also the first time that they've had any sort of staff turnover since Coach Houck came back on board. I guess they had C.J. Cox went to Kent State, and he was replaced by Ronnie Bradford as the cornerbacks coach last year. But of the core guys, especially the ones that have such deep ties to Montana, our good friend Shan Schillinger, he's headed to Mississippi State. We reported that here at Skyline Sports last week. But more than just an analysis tie on Shan's move itself because that's one you know he's just trying to progress his coaching career but what do you think that does just to the stability of the staff because it is sort of rare that they've even had the kind of stability they've had on the staff since coach how came back 
Yeah, uh, I mean, well, let's start with Shan. One, what a great opportunity for Shan. I mean, Shan is a fantastic young man. I love him. Uh, not like a son, he's a, but, I mean, he's just a wonderful, wonderful guy. And, oh, by the way, he's a great football coach. So I think it's a neat opportunity for him. I mean, I'll be honest, you, you can – you can get stuck a little bit in the big sky if, if you don't take opportunities like that. I mean, I look around the, the league and, you know, you and I talk about Andy Thompson all the time. I mean, he is essentially a career life long big sky assistant. You're telling me he's, he's not as good or a better football coach than, than a lot of coaches at the next level? Absolutely not. So I think, and when I say stuck, I don't mean that in a bad way. The big sky is a fantastic football conference. You look around the league, most of them are incredible places to live and raise a family, but the, the, the financial rewards are just not ever going to be the same. That, that, that's the way it is, and that'll always be the way it is at FCS, even at programs like JMU, who I know is moving up. North Dakota State pays their coaches well, but it's just still not the same. So I think for him to go get a chance to work in the SEC uh, and, and, and get to work with the best athletes in the world and coach on, on the highest stage is a huge thing for him. The second part of that is, historically, Coach Huck does not have a lot of turnover on his staff. So in the, in the first seven years that he was there, we had a couple guys leave, and I can name them on one hand. I mean, we had uh, uh, Dave Schramm, uh, who left for Utah. Uh, uh, Jeff Hammerschmidt left for Cal Poly and then immediately went to Stanford. Um, Pete Caligas was with us for a year or two, then went to Wyoming and basically stayed at Wyoming until this last year. Uh, Tim Houck, his brother, joined us there, you know, two, three years into when we were there, and then he left for UCLA. And then you had his uncle Tom, Ron Kowalski, and Fred Von Oppen, who all coached with us and then retired, you know. So, but I mean, if you look at if you look at the national landscape to talk, you know, to talk about coaches on one hand in seven years in the first go around, that's pretty good. You know, uh, Montana's an, Missoula's an unbelievable place to live. Missoula's an unbelievable place to, to raise your family. The quality of life is special. It's just you're not going to get paid like you can at the Power Five level. So, um, you know, guys, guys like – listen, I, I worked in the Big Sky for 15 years, Coulter, and I can tell you that every guy that I worked with at Montana and Montana State that left those programs longs for Montana. They miss Montana. They remember the good times in Montana and the, you know, and that, that, that's what people, I mean, shoot, I'm, I'm, I work for a company now with 46,000 employees and I'll meet people and tell them where I'm from. And they're, they look at me like I'm a dang unicorn, you know, because they're like, well, they asked me two questions, Coulter. One, is it like Yellowstone the show? Right. And two, uh, and, and two, you know, it's it just, it's amazing how foreign this place is to a lot of people. They've heard of it, you know, and obviously Yellowstone is, is you know, the beauty and shoot and the parts of Yellowstone aren't even filmed in Montana, you know, and it's like, uh, no, we don't get kicked at people and whack them and go bury them at the Wyoming border. That's just not what we do. At least I don't, uh, Colter. <laughs> but no, I mean, Bob, 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 Bobby's always done a really good job of retaining coaches. Coaches want to live here. They want to work for Bobby, and they know they're going to be successful. So now it's just a matter of, you know, making that dream run and that number one ring on, on his finger this time, you know. Well, last question on the Grizz then, because we talked about some of the things that they can possibly develop with the offseason training and also the additions they made to their roster. Uh, but also, Bobby Houck's program is a developmental-based program, which means despite, you know, the fact that spring ball has sort of fallen, fallen out of favor and a lot of people are debating its validity and its importance, these times of year, whether it's spring ball or fall camp, that's the time that Bobby Houck loves coaching the most, and it's the time he gets the most out of his guys in terms of bringing them along and developing them as players. So, um how important is this time of year for the Grizz? 
some would argue it's probably the most important time of the year. Um, you know, again, Coach Houck loves to coach. You and I have talked about that for years together. He loves to coach football. And Bobby, Bobby could, you know, Bobby could coach pretty much any position on the field, you know. And I, th- I think a lot of that stems from his special teams background. And when you're a special teams coach, you, you work with everyone on the football team. You don't work with just offensive players and defensive players especially. You get to work with everybody. And, you know, I think that's, that's a real testament to who he is as a coach. He, he grew up, his old man was a coach and a great coach and a wonderful man. Um, you know, his brother loves, breathes, eats football. It's what the Hawks do, man. I mean, and you can see it now to the next generation. You're telling me, find me a guy in the big sky that loves football more than Robbie Howe. It's just impossible. All right. Um, he loves this time of year. I mean, this is, this, this is the time of year where he is making the 2022 Grizzlies and they're, they're making themselves into something that, you know, maybe, maybe even as a young person, they didn't realize they could achieve in terms of some of the gains they're going to make with their body speed and size. And then obviously the football IQ stuff that you can coach kids up and they're going to turn on that Montana state game and, and, and look and, and remember and, and watch all the wonderful things that happened in that game. And then they're going to watch the James Madison game and go, boy, okay, if we want to elevate this thing and we want to get to the next level, this is what we got to do better next year. So again, I, I think the schedule is going to be I – I just think it's going to be a fun season. I don't know when you and I are going to get to talk again. Uh, I'm assuming not for a while, but um, I, I, I don't know. I think, again, if they can, they can kind of dial in their quarterback situation, I think their backfield's pretty good. I think they've got some receivers that have emerged as some real dudes. Uh, again, you and I have talked, uh, especially through this last year, how consistent – and that offensive line get into protecting whoever that is at, at, at pulling the trigger and, and, and obviously blocking for the tailbacks. And because again, I think defensively, I, I know they lost a couple of really good players. I just think they've, the, 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 the guys that are playing that defense have been doing it for so long that uh, they're, they're, they're really masters at that defense right now. I mean, I know not every game is perfect. No game will ever be perfect, but I, I love what they're returning on defense. And then um, I, I think, I think right now, all the way up until, you know, end of July, August, they're really trying to, to mature, you know, that I think I, I think I read, what is it, 62, 63 players that are listed as freshmen or sophomore, you know, so that's still, that's still really a, a young football team. And I know a lot of those guys have gotten experience, they're just young people. And so they're trying to develop young people still so that they're not playing and acting like freshmen and sophomores. They're playing like juniors and seniors, even though, you know, and, and that's what's so that's what's so tough about this COVID stuff is like, I'm trying, like to me, Robbie Houck's been playing college football for like nine years, you know, right. so, uh, I, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, what year some of these guys are with the COVID deal, you know, but I, I expect, I, I think the, the Grizz are poised to have a really good run this year. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Big Shot Breakdown brought to you in part by Blackfoot Communications and in part by Alpine Touch. Ty Gregorak joining us here on Skyline Sports. And uh, let's talk quickly about the Bobcats, Coach. The two biggest pieces of news this last couple weeks was Tucker Rovick, former Montana quarter, Montana State quarterback, going to Idaho as graduate assistant. He's from Boise, so not maybe that big of a surprise, especially since they have a new coaching staff with Jason Eck taking over there and uh, so some new opportunities for guys around the league. But then Casey Bauman, a guy who came in as a very talented yet incredibly raw guy, really athletic, 
quick rocket arm, but not very polished of a quarterback. And he sort of waited his turn. He was the starting quarterback for two games in 2019 before getting replaced by Rovig and uh, never really was able to find his way back on the field. So I'm not surprised that Bauman left either, but uh, sort of just another state of affairs, right? Who would have ever thought in November of last year that we'd be talking about Matt McKay, Tucker Rovig, and Casey Bauman all on their way out, a fourth-string freshman quarterback in Tommy Mallott leading one of the great runs we've ever seen, and a new quarterback in Sean Chambers, a FBS transfer of Mountain West guy, joining Montana State. The quarterback crew has been completely flipped on its head and turned over in the span of three months at Montana State. Oh, it's crazy, but I mean... Why, why wouldn't, I mean, hey, let's talk about the quarterback situation at Montana State over the last six, seven years, Coulter. I mean, come on, what are we talking about? I mean, since a, a program that can have Dakota Fruit Cup, uh, you know, most recently before the six, seven years, Denarius McGee, and then a guy by the name of Travis Lule. It's shocking. It's shocking the, you know, listen, Brent, Brent Vegan was hired for a lot of different reasons, but I think one of the main reasons he was hired was his track record as an offensive mind. But recruiting, developing, and getting quarterbacks to play big-time football under under his under his leadership, you know, and so they, uh, uh, you know, I know that I know they've got the kid from Wyoming who, you know, he's, he probably knows intimately and and uh, knows well from recruiting and the family and all of it. Uh, obviously, Tommy emerged as a, as a as a dude. Whether whether that I, I don't know. I mean, whether that is home forever. I mean, obviously he he did an unbelievable job when he was there. But it's just been a revolving door. I mean, honestly, since we took the job in the '16, I mean, you can name all the different quarterbacks who have taken snaps, who were rec- recruited to the program. And I'll be honest, I recruited Casey, and uh, Casey's a great kid. And I, I know you and I share similar views on this transfer portal deal, but. I just personally, I don't, if any, if any, if anybody saw Caleb Bauman walk into a room and have to like almost duck his head, he's, I mean, he is six, seven, he's huge. maybe a short six. He's huge. He's a big man. And if you watch him play basketball. Oh, buddy, he snapped a backboard like Shaq. Right, right. I mean, he, he can run and jump. And I, I just, I kind of told him in recruiting, like, I mean, we all want to be recruited. We all want to get a chance to play college football, but now you got to, you got to, you got to find what fits for you, uh, you know, individually, but you also got to find what fits for the team. I just feel like, man, you're, you're, you're watching, you're watching a six, seven, six, eight Mongo human being walk out the door. I, I, I sure would have tried to do everything in my power to get him to stay. And, and, and I would have turned him into a tight end myself, or at least had those conversations. I don't know what conversations they had with him, but he is a big, good looking athlete that I just feel like, I mean, look what North Dakota state does with, with, uh, with their tight ends. I mean, the multitude of tight ends and, and you know, a lot of times culture, those guys were big old high school quarterbacks from, you know, small town, Minnesota or small town, North Dakota, and they turn them into tight ends. And uh, so, you know, Tucker, Tucker's a Tucker's a really good young man, and and uh, you know he just it's it, it's too bad that he didn't have the kind of career that I know that he wanted to that I know that um, you know the, the co- you know that we wanted him to uh, the coaches that recruited him but he's a good kid and I, I think he's going to have a, a really nice opportunity with with Coach Eck. Coach Eck's a great dude. He is a I've always loved him since our days battling against each other um, in the brawl and and even when he was at South Dakota State. You know he's just a good good dude, good family. Um, I, I really wish the best. For him um and he must have interviewed well and he's, he's got a d- great track record because i actually know personally some dudes that were going after that job that didn't get it so so they must have saw something in him in kochek uh you know probably, honestly it's probably the anti-patrino is why they loved him because that's what he is right? he's, just, he's a big old teddy bear and, and you know obviously he can get after it when he wants to with, with the old line or you know now the whole team but no it's an interesting situation in montana state no question you know chad Personally, I know Chad. 
probably did and said and, and showed all the right things to get the opportunity to come to Montana State. But, I mean, I, I don't think any defensive coordinator probably ever turned on the team and go, oh, God, here we go. We're in for a long a long one against this kid, you know. And then, Tom, you know, Tommy's health. Can, can, he, can he use this offseason to uh, get that thing repaired and, and healthy uh, in time for, you know, maybe some turns this spring? I would imagine he'll be extremely limited, if at all, this spring and just try to get him as close to 100% by the end of July. Well, that's the last thing I'll leave you with then is that this was a paramount spring ball for Montana State, more than the Grizzlies, I think, because they got to replace a couple stalwarts on the offensive line. They're going to have to have some young guys come along and get a lot better. They're going to have to replace a couple of the best defensive players that they've ever had in their program's history, whether it's Troy Anderson or Daniel Hardy or Chase Benson. Those guys don't come around every day. They're pretty tough to replace as well. And uh, also, they have a lot of question marks at quarterback with Tommy Malak coming off surgery and Sean Chambers coming into the program. So I don't even think you can really point to one specific area because I think Montana State, they have several major question marks at incredibly important areas areas coming into spring ball when they get started later on in March oh no question I mean it's uh you know you know that a team is worthy of, of the run they did when when they're producing multiple dudes not a dude but multiple dudes that are going to get a look on Sundays you know Troy got to play in the senior bowl you saw you saw Daniel and and uh, Lewis compete in in the uh the NFLPA or one, one of those you know obviously Troy's gonna get a, get a chance to show everyone uh, what he can do in the combine, and and so they have they have some holes to fill too. I think I think the loss of Lewis and two two he's done now too, right? Two he's a senior. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I think the loss of those two. Uh, I know that. I, I don't know. I again, I'm not as close to the program anymore. But you know, what's Isaiah Fonse's status? I, I keep hearing. You know, he, I mean, it, technically, he has one more year left, right? He does, yeah, and that he's just one of those guys with this new day and age where maybe your number one recruit in your 2022 class is making sure Isaiah Fonte stays home. Exactly. I think that, you know, kind of like Montana, they they lose some dudes, but they return enough guys that they will absolutely be in the conversation. Can they figure out their quarterback situation for the first time in dang near seven, eight years, you know? Or I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say it that way, but, you know, where they, where they feel really, really good about the quarterback and they're not putting the best player on the football team who's going to get it look like a shot on the defensive side of the ball and was an all-american defensive player playing quarterback for you you know um you know you've got you've got a kid that comes in from nc state he gets benched after the brawl next thing you know he's in the transfer portal you're playing with a freshman from butte you know so i just feel like if they can solidify that position they return enough defensively you know to be pretty damn they, they were so good on defense i'll say this though Coulter, you, you know as well as i do uh you know they're transitioning to another coach this is this is their fourth defensive coordinator you know since me i mean if you think about it since the, since the 2018 season which was my last you had coach i owned uh who did a great job got an opportunity to move on coach freddie great job moved on you know, and now you've got this fella. So that's four coordinators. And, you know, you just, you just hope that enough of the language and, you know, things like that are, are similar so that, so that that in itself isn't a huge adjustment, adjustment for the guys. So anyway, I mean, it should be interesting. They're, they're in the same boat as the Grizz. They're, in fact, they're still in winter conditioning, like you said at the start of the show. You know, I, th- I think I, I always kind of thought there was different ways of looking at spring ball. And I totally get why some, some coaches prefer to just wait till after spring break. And just make you know one long month, you know six week push, and then one why some guys love to probably go two weeks on, take that spring break, and then come back just to just freshen up your players. You know they they haven't been banging 
for months now, you know, so um, I get both philosophies and, you know, frankly, just the, the weather situation in our state. I mean, Bozeman traditionally in my time here, man, springs, it's been a mild winter, but boy, springs, we can get a lot of snow over here. So should, should be interesting, man, my man. I think both, like I said, I think both programs are really good situations. They've got great, great coaches and return, return enough of the roster to go make, uh, to go make runs uh, again for both programs. Ty Gregorak, best in the biz here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Also, you're listening to this on Nuanas Now. If you are listening to it on Nuanas Now, Coach Ty, I always love having you on, man. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Coulter. I appreciate you and our friendship. And you have a, if I don't talk to you for a while, hopefully get some spring weather and get your butt on the golf course. I know you're fired up to do that, Coulter. So uh, I look forward to talking to you next, man. And enjoy your show. Keep, keep rocking. You do a great job. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. 